The following is a presentation of the Chicago Bears Network and ChicagoBears.com. Download the Chicago Bears official mobile app for up-to-the-minute Bears content every day. And now, welcome to Bears All Access, your all-access pass into Chicago Bears football. Bears All Access is brought to you by IGS Energy and sponsored by CDW, Miller Lite, and Hulu. Join us for Bears All Access. Jim Miller, Tom Thayer with you. We've got a terrific program in store for you tonight. Hopefully should be joined by Jeff Joniak, voice of the Bears as well, as we roll along. And plenty to talk about is the, the draft just around the corner. Ryan Pace obviously doing his due diligence of what players will be drafted. Don't have a selection until the third round. But as we roll along in this program, going to be joined by Kyle Long, tremendous offensive lineman of the Chicago Bears, going to be joining us. And how about former long snapper of the Chicago Bears, Patrick Manley. He'll be calling into the show as well. Plus, we'll take plenty of phone calls. But right now, let's welcome in my partner for the next 60 minutes. None better than welcome in one Tom Thayer. <laughs> Tom, how are we doing tonight, bud? Big Jim, I'm doing good. You know what's kind of, I think, it captivated an audience around the football landscape before the draft is really Kyler Murray. And, and I say that, you know, yeah, because the Bears pick in the third round, there's no of these top five, top ten picks that you're really investigating the top 50 picks to see where they would pick. However, when you look at this Kyler Murray scenario, it's really interesting because, you know, Cliff Kingsbury, the new head coach of the Arizona Cardinals, his passing coordinator coach that he hired is Tom Clements, formerly with the Green Bay Packers and been out of coaching for a couple years. Now, when I see him being attracted to Kyler Murray, I see Tom Clements more of a passing coordinator coach for Josh Rosen, who they drafted last year. So I, I think it's kind of weird how, you know, the – the size of Kyler Murray, as opposed to every other quarterback that's being considered in the NFL, is over six foot. Kyler Murray is not, and it, it's kind of weird that that it's almost that one sentence or that one thought has captured a lot of people's you know thinking in which direction the quarterback position will go, teams with high draft choice where they will go, and will this create any you know crazy or not crazy trades, but trades that guys really want to jump up for. Yeah, it's it's interesting. You know, you almost think Arizona could trade back out of that number one spot and still be able to select Kyler Murray because you just don't see him as a fit in other NFL offenses. I mean, realistically, if he gets past Arizona, where could you place Kyler Murray? You just wonder who would really, uh, you know, uh, have an upheaval at their at their position of quarterback in, in the NFL, and would they transition uh, their offense? Supposedly, what's out there is. Arizona reported that they have been offered a second rounder for Josh Rosen. I don't know if that, if that's the case, but what's being reported is that potentially uh, could go down. But you would think that his stock has devalued, as it's kind of been rumored for a long time that Cliff Kingsbury would take Kyler Murray number one overall. Well, we're going to welcome in our third teammate. He's going to be leading the show, taking over his captainship. So let's welcome in Jeff Joniak to the program. All Jeff, right, how are we doing today, bud? Doing great, doing great. Excited about the week. Got the gremlins out of the way, so we're ready to rock out. Got a big show. I didn't hear the beginning, but we are. Did your, your watch stop? No, it's just a little <laughs> gremlins in the in the system here. So we got it all worked out. You're a out. little gremlin. Yeah. Uh, we got uh, Kyle Long joining us coming up here in moments. We got Pat Manley, uh, the long snapper extraordinaire and uh, one of the longest tenured Bears in, uh, in their team history. All coming up. This is Bears All Access brought to you by IGS Energy. It's draft week. We've got the Pickle Awards tomorrow. Ryan Pace will discuss what he's willing to discuss about the Bears 
picking from round three and beyond in the draft tomorrow morning as well with reporters. So we'll get a little insight tomorrow. This is Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. Hey, welcome back to Bears All Access, brought to you by IGS Energy, a proud partner of the Chicago Bears, providing electricity, natural gas, and home warranty products to over 1 million customers across the country. Learn more about IGS Energy at IGS.com. Welcome back to the program. Jeff Joniak, Tom Thayer, Jim Miller, and Chicago Bear Kyle Long jumping on the phone with us. The off-season program well underway. Back in the weight room, back with teammates. Good to have you back at Hallisaw. Kyle, how you feeling? I'm feeling great. How are you guys doing? Fantastic. Uh, tell us about your journey this off season to where we are now. Man, it's been uh, you know it's been a, a quick one. We went uh, a little bit further than I've gone before. Uh, you know, obviously getting to the wild card. Uh, stayed around Chicago this off season and, and really enjoyed my time uh, getting to see the new facility get put up. And now, obviously, getting underway at House Hall with the uh, spring football regiment's been great. Hey, Kyle, in your lifetime, you've had the opportunity to see other professional facilities. Maybe when your dad was in Oakland or your brother was with the Rams in in St. Louis. What was your first impression of that palatial state that you pulled into the new Hallis Hall when you showed up? You know, palatial is is the word I'd use as well. It's it's incredible the things that the McCaskies and, uh, you know, the Bears as a team have been able to put together there for facilities. It's everything that, you know, you'd want in a player, and obviously it's what free agents want to be a part of as well. So that's going to be a great recruiting tool for us. Well, Kyle, I'm wondering if they got enough weight in it. Did they get <laughs> enough weight for you to throw around in that thing? I mean, finally, you know, healthy for you to be able to uh, to utilize it. That's got to be a great thing because i I got to believe for you, it's got to be refreshing to go into an off season that maybe you're not in the training room so much, and you'll probably be the one who's really contributing from that beautiful new weight room. You know, it's awesome. We've got a beautiful training room as well, so I go in there and get massages whenever I want. So uh, that's a good thing. But the weight room's incredible. The Clyde Emmerich uh, weight room, and it's, you know, obviously named after somebody who's legendary in Chicago, and especially with the Chicago Bears, somebody who means a great deal to our franchise. And uh, It's just, you know, a real honor to go in there and work out every day in that facility. Kyle Long, our guest here on Bears All Access with Jeff, Tom, and Jim on Chicago Sports Radio 670, The Score. Uh, you're entering year seven. You've been through a lot in your career, no question about it. A lot of a lot of things to overcome. Uh, and, and there are times in a player's career where they feel they got to do a little bit different uh, training and so forth. And, and clearly, uh, you, you issued out on your Twitter account recently that you lost a bunch of weight this season. Uh, kind of remade the body a little bit. Tell us about that, why you're doing it, and how has it felt? Well, obviously, uh, you know, I had a really major ankle thing a couple of years ago, ankle injury, and um, that that took away from my ability to really take advantage of cardio and keep my weight down in that regard. And I like to eat food, and I'll have a couple <laughs> beers like any like any guy does. So you got to make sure that you're working out on the other end of that. Um and now I have the ability to do that being healthy. So it, it's nice to be able to do that. Uh, I was about, you know, damn near 350 or darn near, sorry, darn near 350 for the uh, wild card game. And now I'm down to about 325. So I'm feeling good. And, uh, the body's able to do more than it was before. You know, Kyle, we've seen you all up and down the line of scrimmage. You can really play any position. But now after a few years and having the experience to play the different positions, what stance are you most – what position stance are you most comfortable with? You know, I've really fallen in love with being on the right side. I'm left-handed, and my inside hand is my dominant one, and that's my left hand. And, uh, it's something that I've grown comfortable with 
playing that position so much. And, um, you know, whether it's a right tackle or right guard, I feel like I, I can get the job done. And obviously under the tutelage of Harry Heastand, uh, anything's really possible for a guy uh, early or late in his career. And same holds true with my case. Well, from uh, I remember earlier we talked to, to Bobby Massey, your your teammate and right tackle, your cohort there, and he just talked about the drill work uh, of what Harry Heastan pretty much runs every day. He goes, not that you get sick of it, but you go through those drills every day where it's it's like rope memory. And how how have you taken to that? And where do you feel that you've made improvement in strides under Harry Heastan? Well, I think just in regard to consistency, um, and you know. If you're changing, uh, you know, a lot of people say change is good, but I think if you're changing what you're doing all the time, then that's not a good thing. Um, the one thing that Harry does a great job of is just hammering home those technical points. And, uh, you know, offensive line, it's, it's all about doing the same thing over and over again very well. And uh, Harry does a great job of coaching that. And we really appreciate having him, and, and we love having Harry in the building. Kyle Long, our guest here on Bears All Access on Chicago Sports Radio 670. The score entering year seven. Uh, you've been one of the uh, the guys that have been here the longest, uh, one of them anyway, in this group of, of young Bears that have come along and proved to be a, a winning team, a, a whole different mindset, a whole different concept to what uh, we've experienced and certainly you experienced early in your career. Uh, the new additions, what can you tell us about them and what, what did Matt Nagy have to say to you guys on the 15th at your first team meeting of of 2019 versus what he had to say a year ago at this time. You know, I've seen so much turnover in my years here, and uh, we, we've undergone a lot of uh, renovations with the roster and um, staff. But the great thing about this year is you don't have to learn a lot of new names. There are some new names, and there's some marquee new names. But at the same time, um, most of the core of our team is the same, and that's what's beautiful about the whole thing. Um, and, and in regard to Coach Nagy, I think it's just – uh, you have to understand year one with him, he wanted to establish what our foundation was and what our identity was, and now we just have to continue to build on that identity. You know, one of the results of being a famous team um, with with a great record is you have a, a roller coaster schedule, like I said last week. Thursday night, Sunday night, Monday night, Sunday noon, Sunday afternoon, and you got a London start. Now, how will you have to adjust – the way you go about your business, will you have to make an adjustments? Or are you okay with any starting time that you have that week? You know, I had a coach one time who said, you know, we can play them at 6 a.m. or 11 at, at, at night, and we can play in the, the Walmart parking lot if you like. And uh, there wasn't a lot of things I agreed with that coach in regard <laughs> to what he had to say, but that was one of those things where I could take with me. Um, and, you know, whether we're playing in, in London or we're playing in Chicago – it's, it's still going to be football. It's 100 yards, and they got the hashes right. We'll be okay. Um, but, it, you know, you got to get your sleep. That's big. Um, making sure that you're eating the right things and uh, doing the right things from a schematic standpoint, then you'll be okay. But I, I trust in the staff to get us in position to do the right things, regardless of where or when we play. Well, and Kyle, too, part of that is just the maturity of the team. And, and I've said this to other guys, and, and yourself in, included, just how this team prepares. I mean, have you been in a, in a locker room or experienced a locker room with a maturity level? Even though there's a lot of young guys there here, you're the, one of the elder statesmen uh, now, but just the maturity that guys go about their business and their preparation uh, for winning football on Sundays, in your experience. Yeah, it's been great getting to, to be a part of this team and, uh, I'm really lucky that Coach Nagy and Ryan Pace have, have wanted me back. And, um, you know, I, I've played with a lot of vets in my career, but I haven't played with a lot of guys 
um, that are similar to this group. Um, you know, I'll use Roquan Smith, for example, or a guy like Hakeem Hicks. And the whole defense is just littered with guys like this uh, that just are obsessed with their craft. And, you know, I, I'd hate to have a team hear this because we're supposed to hate each other, and I do hate it. But, uh, <laughs> you know, when, when you when you have a guy like Akeem Hicks who's in the weight room tearing it up every day and who's at practice just bullying guys, that's the kind of things that uh, that's the kind of things that really emanate throughout a locker room. And uh, Roquan Smith, I mentioned, he's just such a tireless worker, and he's so serious about his craft. And the list goes on and on and on and on with our team. And I'm just lucky to be a part of a group of guys like that. Kyle Long, our guest on Bears All Access on Chicago Sports Radio 670. The score with Tom Thayer and Jim Miller. I'm Jeff Joniak. Kyle, back to the weight thing. What what does a Kyle Long at 325 do differently? On the field, do you feel versus what you said last year at that weight when you still, you know, came back and you came more productive at the end of the season? What, what do you anticipate? How's that going to translate on game day? Well, you know, it's not like I, I didn't think I could play football. I can still play football. Um, I, I think being 325 will just help me uh, in regard to my joints, you know, taking less of a beating. Um uh, you know, Tom's Tom's been heavier in his life, and now he's lean and lean and mean, and he can tell you that he feels better now than he did before. Um, you know, the same I, I can echo that same sentiment. Hey, Kyle, have you had any guard conversations yet with Cody Whitehair? Any have you had any guard center conversations yet with James Daniels, who we have been told that there probably is going to be a position change there? Well, you know, it's uh, it's like Area Fifty One. There's a lot of secrets, but uh, you know. It's been good. Uh, we we all just want to make sure that we're prepared to do whatever is asked of us, whatever position that is. I think one thing I can count on is not being asked to play center for me um, because I don't think they trust me to make the mic calls. <laughs> got to remember the snap count every time. Yeah, we're going on one, bud, every right. time. Uh, but, yeah, it's been great. And, and like I said about those guys, we have a great group. And, um we're lucky to have Harry lead us, and obviously we have tremendous character in this room. Is Ted Larson back in the weight room? Because you talk about a guy that's got a little something in his neck. There's a guy that you know plays to the whistle a couple of training camps ago and made it hard. You know, made it physical for Akeem Hicks. Yeah, well, uh, you know, Ted is somebody that takes his craft very seriously, and, and we love having him. And obviously, you alluded to the fact that we've had him before, and a lot of the guys in this room know him well. You know, Leno. White hair, myself. Uh, we're all buddies with uh, Ted, and you know I've trained with him in the off season before. So is Bobby Massey, played with him in Arizona, um, and Brad Sal. And you know we love having him, and he is an absolute. You know he's a monster. Um, we're, we're happy to have him. Kyle Long, our guest tonight on Bears All Access. Appreciate you taking the time. We'll see you soon, Kyle. Thank you so much. Thanks, Kyle. You guys take it easy. Kyle Long, one of the uh, starting offensive linemen for a Bears offensive line coming back intact. Yes, maybe a little position change, but the same five guys should be rocking and rolling and ready to go. When we come back, more of Tom Thayer and Jim Miller as we continue on. Bears All Access on Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. 2019 Miller Lite Chicago Bears draft party held Saturday, April 27th, Soldier Field, noon to 6. It'll feature on-field activities locker room tours, player autographs, and, of course, live draft coverage and analysis from Bears football experts like Tom Thayer. Get your tickets today at chicagobears.com slash draft party. Tom, it's going to be a big crowd over there. 
Can have uh, Dan Pompey, David Hoff from the Chicago uh, uh, from the uh, Morning Show. Rather, uh, uh, we're going to have uh, uh, who else? We Hubarkish. Yeah, Hubarkish. That's right, Hubarkish. Dan Pompey. So, yep, and me Pompey, you. So it's going to be a good time. Always is, uh, even though uh, it's Saturday of the draft, and the Bears will have not had a first or second. We'll know uh, that they had a third round pick, unless uh, Ryan Pace has something else up his sleeve. But it'll be a good time. I'm sure, and a different way to look at the draft this year for us. Well, I, you know, I think they're looking at the Bears team with high expectations, and then the, hopefully they get some players, some pieces to add to the puzzle. So I think that the team in which they're entering the draft with, they're really positive about. And Jim and I mentioned at the start of the show, you know, when you have a first rounder within the first five or ten draft picks, you know, there's. 25 to 30 guys that you dream about coming to the Bears. Here it's not necessarily dreaming or hoping for some miracle rookie coming in. It's about getting these guys that can come in, establish themselves on their their first year, but also be competitors. And I'm still excited about the draft, but you know, I'm more excited about the Bears football team than I am the draft. Yeah, I mean, well, you just look at areas of focus. I mean, you know, you still have the ability to get good players, even if you're selecting in the third round. I think Ryan Pace has been really an example of that, of players that he's picked in the, in the later rounds of the draft. And who knows? I, I, you say this every year, good good guys fall. You know, it happens all the time. I don't know. Is the is the Penn State running back, will he potentially be available there in the, in the third round? Because I, I do and believe the, the Bears are looking for a bigger back. And, uh, you know, that those areas, you just look at the guys that they visited with, uh, the kid out of Temple, Armstead, uh, he's a guy that, that's been in there. He was down at the Reese's Senior Bowl. Uh, Sanders is, is a back that, granted, he may be a one-year wonder uh, at Penn State. He performed pretty well uh, in the place of, of Saquon Barkley. So there's, there's going to be good players there that they'll be able to target, pick up, and will definitely add value to the, to the team and potentially could be impactful players, Jim, much like a oh, Tariq Cohen, who was a later round. Sorry, player. Jim and Jeff. I mean, you, the, when you look at the assessment of the backs, is it going to be their ability to catch or is it going to be – their size because to me I I just keep thinking of coach Nagy and the running back position is such an important key to the influence of this offense and the influence of the defense so when they're looking for a player what is the assessment that they're looking for and to me I I think it's pass catching ability yeah, I, I definitely think it's a triple threat. I, I think that's what they need, and not that you know nothing against um, you know Mr. Howard, but he he really wasn't a factor out of the backfield, in my opinion. You know, more of a, a downhill runner, and he was a great one. Uh, don't get me wrong, and uh, hopefully he'll do great things in Philadelphia. But I think it's a triple threat: a guy who can run, block, and catch the football, and that's what Sanders has done. Uh, you know, at Penn State, that's kind of how that offense is structured. He's a bigger back, but yet it's a spread attack where he gets the ball quite a bit out of the backfield. And I think just a lot of these running backs are, are geared this way. You know, even, you know, you, you look at Kareem Hunt, what he did, you know, from his college days and how he had a huge impact in the, the Kansas City Chiefs as a third-round pick is, is pretty amazing. So there is some things that, that translate. And obviously these bigger backs that can catch the ball in the backfield, I think, is almost a necessity now in the NFL. Well, and, and the uh, the other important part of that is, yeah, you, you can guys that can get in the flat and make a catch and turn their shoulders, get square and get upfield, break tackles, get uh, a mismatch on a linebacker or whatnot is great, but also the, the untold story of how they run those routes. What types of routes are they uh, equipped to run? 
in, in this particular offense. I think the more they can do in terms of their route running and their ability to be used will be of interest to Matt Nagy. And the good news also is you got quite the buffet of sizes and shapes and types of backs with speed, power, size, breakaway speed, or just thumpers. So they'll have a lot to choose from if, in fact, they go in that direction. All right, that's our traveling music to another break. When we come back, we're going to be joined by longtime Bear and now Long Snapper Award name recognition guy. He's getting a, a lot of reputation from that right now. It is Pat Manley who will join us on the program. You're on Bears All Access, brought to you by IGS Energy on Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. The Chicago Bears Network presents Inside the Bears, brought to you by Verizon. Anthony Adams and Lauren Screeden cover the world of Bears football on and off the field every Sunday night, 10.35 p.m. on Fox 32 Chicago, or watch anytime at chicagobears.com or on the Bears' official app. Back to the program, Tom Thayer, Jim Miller, Jeff Joniak, and now joined by the longest-tenured Bear, Pat Manley, a 16-year Bear. We bring him on to talk about... uh, what is going to be a heck of a celebration, Pat, the 100-year celebration of Bears football, and this the 100th anniversary of the founding of the National Football League. And when you go back and you look at it, you're in the top 51 of games played of any NFL player in history. <laughs> that, that's crazy. <laughs> it is, and it still blows me away. I mean, just to have the honor of saying I've played the most uh, games in Bears history still is something that, you know, as you get older, Jeff and Tom, Jeff and uh, you, you guys know that uh, when you get older and you look back at your career, you just start to marvel at some of the things that you were able to do, the friendships you made, games you got to play in. And uh, to say that as well, the top 51 players in NFL history just still blows me away. But thank God I was a specialist. You know, Pat, when, when you when you look at your career, you know, throughout your career, uniquely enough, you probably had more teammates than anybody else in the history of the Bears. And when you look at this 100-year anniversary party coming up, is there anybody that stands out to you, star or not, that – Maybe you had a different type of relationship just because of, you know, being teammates, being in the locker room, and you have such longevity. Yeah, it's funny you just said that because I was thinking about that, that uh, the one that I just loved playing with was Mike Brown. You know, obviously I was close with Olin. We were the same draft class, played many, many years with Robbie Gold, Brad Maynard, Erlacher, Lance, all those guys. But Mike Brown just brings a certain energy like he did on the field. He brings that to, like, the social scene. (laughs) So it's always fun to sit around with him and share stories and, just pick his brain and, and be around that ener- uh, uh, that energy. He is just an absolute blast. Well, always good to talk to you, Pat, and I love the Pat Manley. Oh, you too, Jim. You too, Jim. Yeah. You're one of those guys. Sorry about that. No, well, that long snap reward you got going is unbelievable. And I brought this up, and Pat and I have had conversations. Remember I when I mentioned to you that I played with Adam Schreiber, long yeah. snapper for the Falcons? That guy snapped for 17 years mm-hmm. uh, in the NFL, and here you're a long-time long snapper. And, and for you, like, when was it? early in your life you said you know i i got a shot at this in terms because you know when i remember playing high school football we couldn't find anybody to, to you know snap the ball to punt or kick or anything hey, hey jim i owe a lot to my brother five year older uh five years older he went off to play at notre dame and came back after his freshman year and this was 1988 when they won the national championship so they had a slew of four and five star recruits and uh he wanted to get on the field as quickly as he could so we were in the front yard uh, trying to teach him how to long snap, and he threw me the ball. He's like, hey, man, give this a shot. And I've been over and did it better than him. And I was like, wait a minute. And he was a little upset because it came a little bit more easy. Um, but from that from that moment, I kind of took pride in doing it and, and wanting to be the long snapper on that eighth-grade team, ninth-grade team, 
all the way throughout, and I had to compete against the guy in high school. His name was Bill Brightbill. So every off season, I was always trying to perfect the craft and get better, and then it's something that took off at, at Duke as well. They needed one, and I could do it and was able to do it all four years there as well. Pat Manley, our guest, the Bears uh, veteran long snapper, and now the Patrick Manley Award honoring the nation's best FBS long snapper. Tell us how that all got going in the right direction and uh, how uh, honorable is it that uh, you're using your name attached to it? You, you, There's few debates about the best long snapper uh, in your generation, and that, that definitely is you. Well, there's a lot of great guys, but you know what's neat about this award is just long snappers are finally going to get some notoriety. They don't want any notoriety during a game or anything like that or during the season because that means they messed up. But the long snapping position is now a position. All 32 teams have a guy designated just to be a long snapper. Jim, you were just talking about Adam Shriver. He also played O-line, so he was a backup. Um, Now there is a 53rd position on every NFL roster that uh, is allocated towards a long snapper. In college, and I believe these numbers are correct, in 2004, 1% of long snappers got scholarships. Now it's almost up to 80%. So now colleges are understanding the importance as well. And I think you're seeing kickers reap the benefits of it, but their percentages going up. Punters are, you know, a little bit better just because they're catching a more accurate ball. And uh, it's an honor anytime to have your name associated with, with, with any award, but it's pretty cool to have this as well. But this is about the kids to, to get the recognition and also compete against each other during the season and, and, and you know, try to uh, win this award. You know, Patrick, in preparation for a game, I, I bet you probably snap like 200 balls to the kicker for extra point and field goal during the course of the week of practice before you get one attempt in the game. And here's my question. Is there a tempo, a sound, a kicker's rhythm that you know whether it's a good kick or a bad swing just by your ability to hear thousands and thousands of kicks over your time? Yeah, the one thing is, you know, in practice, you're not getting hit. So I would sit there and could see Robbie's foot hit the ball. And I could tell if it was good, and I wouldn't even have to look up at the uprights. I'm like, oh, he made it, he made it, he made it. Um, in the games, you don't get that opportunity because you're getting blown up. Right. you got to take, you know, block somebody. But uh, you really can't hear it because the crowd. But during practice, for sure, Tom, you could – I never even looked up. I would just snap it, see Robbie's foot, ball, uh, ball hit the foot and then walk over to the next position where the ball was placed for the next kick. But uh, the game, you couldn't hear it. All you could do was hear the crowd, and that's when you knew it was good. Well, Pat, if you could break down the position of the ideal long snapper, because there's more to it than just snapping. Granted, snapping is a big part of it and the accuracy and and all those things. But in terms of of coverage, athleticism, style of body, body type uh, that that you've Re, you know, require yeah. uh, to be a long snapper and what coaches and maybe GMs are looking for in that position. As you mentioned, it has become so critical in both college and pros. Yeah, I'll start with the body size. It's changed. Jim, back and you and I were playing. They used to be able to line up head over the, the long snapper and run you over, so you had to be bigger. Now you don't have to be as big. Uh, you still have to block, and they can still hit you, but it's about a half count or a second count before they can hit you. So the, the body sizes are a little different, so I think they're maybe a little more athletic. Um, and the three things are, like you said, snap, protect, and cover, and they're in that order. If you can snap an accurate ball, that's great, but you've got to be able to protect. I know a special teams coach's nightmare is hearing that double thud. Um, so if you can't protect, you're not going to get on the field. And I think just kind of the the extra credit is when you can cover. And uh, you got to take pride in all three. And 
the one thing about uh, the coverage part is actually when you get to become a real football player, and that was probably my favorite part of it, was being able to run down the field and try to tackle somebody. I think he had 81 uh, career special teams tackles, wow. if, I'm not, if I'm not mistaken, right? Somewhere, somewhere around there. Nice, yeah, Pat. somewhere around there. Don't more lie, you know younger. the number. <laughs> more when I was younger. <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, so you're going to be a part of this 100 celebration, and you know, and it's 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 this is it. Like, this is the chance for everybody mm-hmm. to get together one one time. This will never be done again. And it's just something that, because of the history of this team, that I think, as you just alluded to at the outset of your your conversation here, is that you appreciate it more now, looking back, as opposed to when you're in it and it's it's work, it's a job, and you loved it, but you know it's it's a different type of feeling. And I always feel it takes a while to step back and, and take a, a a broad view of what you accomplished and so forth. But to get together with the history, and that's what this is going to be, June seventh to the ninth. There's going to be a ton of current and former Bears players there. Uh, make sure you get your tickets. Go to ChicagoBears.com to get all the details. But what's it going to mean to you to be a part of this? You know, I, I only know one organization, so I got a question for you guys after I answer this, uh, uh, Tom and 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 Jim. Uh, that 16 years of one organization is amazing, and then the history of the organization, the number of Hall of Famers, the great players, the guys that should be in the Hall of Fame that aren't. Um, you know what you're playing for when you put put that helmet on. And so it's all I knew, and it's something I just came to love and still love, obviously. But I'm just excited to get around all those guys and relive those memories and, and kind of get that locker room feeling back. You know, all, all retired guys talk about how they miss the locker room. And, yeah, you can do that when you get around the table with some food and some booths and you can have a good time and do that. But, you know, Jim, you played for other organizations. Where, does, where do the Bears rank in, in the ones you played for and the history that they have and what it means to you? Oh, I think for the family-owned organizations, yeah, they're incredible. You know, I had uh, the opportunity to get drafted by the Steelers, obviously the Rooney family. Well, shoot, I, we, I was on the Steelers when the Bears and the Steelers played in the Irish Bowl over in Dublin, yeah. Ireland. And so, you know, but I've I've had the opportunity to play for family-owned businesses that, you know, have those traditions that carry on have the the loyalty for, you know, I know people of the Steelers organization that still work there that I when I worked there work there you know and that's the same for the chicago bears whether sure. it's kenny Marock and and people in the front house. so yeah. that, that's a you know and that loyalty is a, is an unbelievable trait and they're g- great people and the there are great organizations in the nfl that have that family history and and the definitely the steelers and the bears are two that that stand out and i had the opportunity to play for the uh, for them both and loved them both for for that very reason you know jim jeff and pat you know i think when the guys walk in that building it's it's kind of a hidden, not a hidden secret, but unless you go into the building, I think there's so much respect for Virginia McCaskey, for the being the historian of the game, for having incredible understanding of the trials that her dad went through in order to build the NFL to what it's become in her everyday involvement in the program. I, I think it's, you know, it, there's a few owners that, that have that credibility, but when you talk to Virginia about football, when you talk to her about the history of the game, she has such respect. That's why the guys have so much respect for her when they have an opportunity to be in front of her in conversation or seeing on the team charters or at the facility itself. Pat Manley, yep. our guest here on Bears All Access with Tom and Jim, Jeff Joniak. All right, Pat, you're going to be on the uh, Scores Draft Show on uh, opening night Thursday, so it's going to be weird not having any Bears picks, yeah. uh, but you've done your homework as well. Uh, give us a little 
snippet of uh, what you're looking at in terms of what the, what you think the Bears might be looking at, and then what's your opinion on the kickers in this draft? Well, I'll start with that. Obviously, I'm going to go with my specialist roots. Number one is a kicker, and I, that's going to be uh, figured out. It might be somebody that's that's not even you know draft eligible. I think what they're going to do is exhaust all efforts and have everybody come through Hallis Hall and Bourbon A, and then the, you know the best man wins. Um, other than that, Ryan Pace has done such a nice job of building this roster that you know there's no glaring holes. So it's kind of weird to you know forecast what's going to happen late in the draft. But you know I think if you if you're looking at it, you'd say you need an extra another running back. Um, and then one thing not many people talk about, and, and I believe in, and Tom, I'm sure you do too, is building through the trenches. That I think they need some more depth on that O line, some young depth. You know, you had Kyle Long earlier. He's he's not getting any younger, but he's still playing at a high level. And uh, I, I think that's a position that you can, like Tom, I think you said you're a fourth rounder. You can find some great players on those picks, and that's where you're going to build your team and sustain the success is within the trenches, and I think that's a position they should really look at. Yeah, and Coach Harry, the offensive line coach, is a heck of a teacher, so I think young guys can benefit from the experiences he's developed through his college years and into the NFL. Yeah. All right, Pat. Well, we're going to miss you on our draft coverage on Saturday, uh, but uh, good luck with the entire process over the course of the week. Fun week always in the National Football League, and we're looking forward to see you soon. Thanks, Patrick. All right, All right great catch up together. 16-year Bear Patrick Manley on Bears All Access will continue with Tom and Jim after this on Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. So join us for Bears 100 Celebration Weekend in Rosemont, June 7th through the 9th. Player autographs, photo ops, football panels, and some really good football panels. The collection of people that are going to be there, it'll be the largest collection of Bears uh, Bears players ever and activities for all ages. So kids are going to love it. The, the long-time season ticket holders are going to love it. The modern-day fan is going to love it. Get tickets today at ChicagoBears.com. Be sure to check it out. Jeff Joniak. I think the players Bear, are going to love Miller. it. Big Jeff, I think the players are going to love it also. I mean, they, they love interacting with the fans of the Chicago Bears. They also like interacting with each other. And there's going to be guys that are separated by generations that may be meeting for the first time or, you know, get a chance to have a conversation with one of your former Chicago Bears heroes because there's a lot of guys growing up here as a kid that were neat to listen to or watch on TV that, you know, you may have a chance to come across this that weekend. Hey, have you got any uh, draft questions or anything about the upcoming convention? 312-644-6767 with you for another uh, 12 minutes or so here on Chicago Sports Radio 670. The score, Herb Lawrence, Mike Chen, our producers tonight. Thanks, as always, to Jordan Treadup for getting this thing all lined up. 312-644-6767. Wanted to mention one thing about offensive line play, and I don't remember where I saw it. Uh, it was a, a couple of weeks ago. But it's stunning, given that you, Tom, your offensive line played together for a very long time with, with nary a, a lost snap among the group of you guys that won the Super Bowl, and you did it for several years. Since 2000, there have only been five projected starting offensive lines that have spent at least five years together. It was the Steelers of last year, or heading into this year, I should say, the Giants of 09 to 010, the Patriots in 2009, and the 2004 Packers. So the turnover and the loss of snap time because of injuries and just change is so prevalent. How do you think, fellas... It impacts the game today with so much turnover in the offensive line position. 
Well, you know what's you know I was thinking about this. I was thinking today, Jeff and Jim, what the Bears can accomplish in no pad football this year when they get out of the weight room and they start bringing it to the field. You know, one thing when you have the group of guys that are together for a period of time, and then you start teaching and reteaching. When you start reteaching, all of a sudden you see the element of their game playing faster. And the faster they play, the more difficult they are to defend. So not only in the offensive line, but everybody on the offensive side of the ball, I expect this offense to be able to learn more, learn it faster, and play faster. And that's the key ingredient there, Jeff. Is that you have, you know, that's why I was asked Kyle about the conversations he has with James Daniels, or what does he talk to Cody Whitehair about playing guard? Because the communication in between the five has to be uninterruptible if that's a word because you have to be able to communicate under the loudest of experiences sometimes never exchanging a word but it's all about preparation and experience together so you know I think that's one of the things that could benefit the Bears the most the speed in which they'll be able to play with and then the continuity up front to be able to make changes and have a wider variety to your offense because guys are being reintroduced to it for maybe the second third and fourth time and we always talk about um, Mitchell Trubisky about going from 101 to 201 the offensive line will have the ability to go from 101 to 301 type just with their experience together yeah I mean that cohesion is big time it's got to be a concert the way those guys work together, the nonverbal communication that Tom just mentioned. And I said it even uh, when we were talking Super Bowl time. Two years ago was Atlanta. They made it to the Super Bowl. They didn't have one offensive line injury. All five guys started all 16 games last year. Who else did that? Granted, they lost the Super Bowl, but they were right there, the L.A. Rams. That's a cohesive unit that lined up every single snap. And I'm, I'm glad Pat brought up offensive linemen about, you know, because in the third, fourth, fifth round, there's good offensive linemen that are there, you know, go check out the Michael Jordan kid from uh, Ohio State University. His dad name was was Kevin Michael Jordan. So one son was named Kevin. He was given Michael Jordan. That's what his name was. But this guy, he started as a freshman, goes into Ohio State, plays every game. So a guy's got 40 starts, and he's not even 21 years old. And Hmm. this guy's 6'6", 312 pounds, has played center and guard, and probably has the length to play tackle. I interviewed him. He says he believes he could play tackle uh, if need be. He's scheduled to be a late third to fourth rounder. Michael Dieter, both the Wisconsin guys can play guard. Michael Dieter and uh, Ben Benshaw. I mean, those guys are really good players. And the last guy I would bring up, also scheduled to be right in those fourth round, fifth round, would be Drew Samia out of Oklahoma. They've got four offensive linemen that are going to be drafted. Same thing. This guy's played center, he's played guard, and he's played a lot of games on a on a team that has gone deep into college football playoffs. And Jimmy has a nasty disposition. <laughs> yeah. He's, uh, hey, he's six five, disposition. three oh five. He does. He plays nasty now, and he's athletic and agile. So there's there's some good offensive linemen that would be right in the Bears' wheelhouse if they do want to get better at, at the at those positions to really get some depth. Three one two six forty four sixty seven sixty seven. Our remaining moments here on Bears All Access on Chicago Sports Radio six seventy. The score. Jeff, Tom, and Jim with you. Uh, Tom, you've been all over this in the kicking situation. You you were looking at uh, the AF and seeing, uh, you know, are there any kickers? You were when it was on, was when they were operational. You were identifying them, and in fact, the Bears, you know, did bring in one of those guys. So they got three on the roster right now. Uh, Redford Jones, Chris Blewett, and, and Elliot Fry is the guy I'm talking about. Um, 
who knows what happens if they're going to look at the draft for this or what's going to be available and what else in the in terms of a veteran because none of these guys have attempted a kick in the NFL. How do you evaluate? But you know what? I, I like to see that they're you know they went and picked up quite a few of the guys from the AAF to give them the opportunity to come and compete in the NFL, whatever team, whatever position they pick. But when you talk about Fry, the kicker, that was a game that I was watching maybe week three of the AAF season, and they were playing up in Utah, and the conditions were so Chicago-like. It was a blizzard. The field was covered with snow, and he was banging 40-plus yarders out there. And you, you, Patrick Manley is not snapping to him, and you have there's differences in the velocity of the snap and the holder and everything. However, I, you know, that's, that's what's amazing about Ryan Pace and his staff is that if there's a guy at a position that he feels can come in and compete at the Bears, he goes out and he gets him. And, you know, I'm, I'm going to be really be interested and in, in see how Fry reacts to this. You know, and being a USFL guy, I, I kind of pull for these guys because they took advantage of an opportunity and they tried to grow it into even a better opportunity. Yeah, and you just you just wonder would they take a shot on one of the guys that are there in the draft? Whether it's Matt Gay from Utah, big guy's got a big leg, and, and Tracy also well regarded from from LSU. You, you got to believe if, if those guys sneak through, don't get drafted, you you would think that the Bears would want more competition, potentially bringing in one of these college kickers as a priority for, priority free agent, or if they think well enough of them that maybe they take a, a late round flyer on one of these guys in the draft. Draft coming up on Thursday night. Bears will pick on Friday night right now, the 87th pick. Tomorrow we'll hear from General Manager Ryan Pace. He's not going to say a whole lot. Uh, He'll give you some uh, context, I guess, but that's about it. Uh, These general managers, Jim and Tom, do not like doing these uh, pre-draft interviews other than, you know, maybe setting the course for some some misinformation, which – Certainly is happening right now around the league, Jim. They're, they're, you're trying to get uh, you know accurate information. It's almost impossible. I've I've never seen so many more conflicting reports out there prior to a draft than what's going on this year. Oh, the Jets are trading down. They want to get Ed Oliver, the defensive tackle. They don't want Josh Allen, one of the better pass rushers in the league. They don't want him. They want to trade out of number three. So there's a lot of disinformation going on right now. Well, including the Ra- how about the Raiders situation? Yeah, Raiders I mean, situation with the scouts and they, hey, I loved I love Dave Gettleman's uh, quote today. He, he had some pretty funny quotes when he addressed the media. The Raiders today. got a lot on the line though because they brought Mike Mayock, who is presented himself on TV as a well-educated scout player identifier, and now he's got to step up to the plate and make these picks for real. It's easy for all of us to sit here and tell you about the quality players or that there are certain traits that make them attractive. But now when you're sitting there picking for a a team that has a $100 million head coach that's trying to get in the midst of a transfer of their organization to Las Vegas, if they go out there and they fail on this draft, I think it's going to have some pretty heavy-duty repercussions on on that team. What are we focused on in uh, terms of your expectations, the two of you, on what uh, Ryan is going to be able to pull out of this draft? Uh, do you have any particular positions that you're hoping for other than the, we alluded to the offensive line position for depth and whatnot? Because it seems to me with the the high prevalence of impact potential impact defensive players at the top of the draft, that it's going to shove a lot of different positions down into the middle rounds, namely running back, maybe cornerback, tight ends, all areas that you know we all could look at and say, well, this could be an area uh, that they could go in. You know, Jeff, I I still 
feel that there's a need for a contributing outside linebacker. I know Kylie Fitz has a good future ahead of him. They signed Aaron Lynch. They signed Isaiah Irvin. And you know the big two they already have in Leonard Floyd and Khalil Mack. I still think there's a guy out there that can be attractive to the Bears, Coach Chuck Pagano, in this new style or this, well, this system they're going to run. And when you have aggressive guys on the inside like Akeem Hicks and Eddie Goldman and stuff, man, if you could just kind of maybe a reach at a, that that guy with that has an explosiveness that's almost unmatchable, but you know, maybe he's not the biggest guy, but if he has that explosiveness to get around the corner and create sacks when they're worried about Khalil or Leonard Floyd or the other guys on the line, I, I still think there's a need at that position for some help. Yeah, and there's, there's guys that are there that are going to be available. How about Christian Miller, the edge uh, rusher from Alabama? Eight of his 11 sacks were in 2018 alone. I mean, so this I know it's a talented defense uh, down there at Alabama, but this guy's kind of a high-cut edge rusher is what uh, he's been able to do. There's other guys that are out there, O'Shane uh, Zimenez uh, from Old Dominion. A lot of people like him. Some have him going uh, earlier. Some have him going in the mid-rounds, fourth round. Uh, you look at the two Oregon edge rushers, there's a couple out there that have some intriguing uh, qualities. So I do think from that standpoint, whether if it was a backup offensive lineman, there'll be guys there fourth, fifth round that you can develop that'll be a, a, a good player. Edge rushers, I think, will be there. There's a lot of good uh, nickel corners, uh, potentially, I think the, the Bears could look at. And, of course, we've diagnosed running back and you know, and even kicker if they elect to draft uh, one of these kickers that we just mentioned. So they've got five later-round picks, and I do think there's players in, in every round that potentially the, they'll target and, and guys that they bring, bring in and willing to give a shot at them. All right, well, we could talk about the draft uh, for another – 16 hours and have fun doing it. And there'll be plenty of that conversation here on the score all week. And we'll, Tom and I will be at the, uh, the bears draft party at soldier field on Saturday. And we'll hear that on uh, the score as well. So it should be a fun week for everybody. And bears fans uh, will be out in force because everybody loves the draft. Everybody loves the fantasy football portion of it and love projecting where everybody's going to go. Uh, a real shout out to the bears organization today as well. In honor of the 100 uh, donating a total of a million dollars in increments of $100,000 to 10 different charities nominated by fans. Uh, today, they're in the uh, uh, Lawnville neighborhood in Chicago today. Uh, Chairman George McCaskey, Tariq Cohen out there today. Uh, again, the community work done by the Bears organization, top-notch, Big Tom and Jim. Fully support their community, fully support the Chicagoland area, and the whole state of Illinois, for that matter. Absolutely. So been involved for, for many years and will continue to do so. All right. Appreciate you guys. Have fun this week. Jim, you're going to be down in Nashville. Tom, I'll see you Saturday. Very good, Jeff. This Have has been Bears All Access. Thanks to Mike Chen and Herb Lawrence. Have a great night, everybody. This is Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. Thanks for listening to this Chicago Bears Network presentation of Bears All Access. Podcasts are available on ChicagoBears.com and on iTunes or download the official Bears mobile app. Bears All Access has been brought to you by IGS Energy and sponsored by CDW, Athletico Physical Fee, and Ford.